Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Zebra Talk, the podcast where we shine a little light onto the lives of the untold stories of the people who slide on their knees and count the threes. That's right, I'm talking about the referees, and today I'm joined by one of my uh, one of my better friends in professional wrestling, somebody that has uh, done a lot of favors for me, honestly. He's, uh, he's helped me out quite a bit. He was a, uh, a fixture at Evolve Wrestling for a very long time. Uh, more recently, he has become one of the mainstays at Impact Wrestling. Please welcome Brandon Toll. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, buddy. Good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing really well. It's great to see you on here. I've been, uh, I've been wanting to have this talk with you for a while. You know, like um, I talk about it a lot on the podcast, how you will work with people a lot and you'll travel with people a lot and interact with them a lot, but you won't necessarily get to like hear their story so much. So it's nice to actually get to sit down and get to know you a little bit. I appreciate it. It's been a long time coming. I know we've definitely crossed paths a lot uh, over the years. Absolutely. So let's just go ahead and dive on into it. Let's uh, tell the audience a little bit about who you are, where you come from, and how you first became associated with professional wrestling. Brandon Toll, uh, been refereeing since uh, the day I turned 18. So going on uh, the 21st will be 18 years. Um, Dating me a little bit. Uh, Born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. Now by way of suburban St. Louis, Missouri. So got started uh, right at 18. Um, in a, a little, um, a little small time Christian promotion in uh, Kentucky. Um, hmm. That was literally the name of it was God in initials. Oh wow! <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was literally small time no. <laughs> Christian promotion. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> no, 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 no. Literally God. So it was, it was an outreach ministry. Um, my trainer was trained uh, by Shawn Michaels at the Texas mm-hmm. Wrestling Academy in the late '90s. In a couple of years that he was there. So I just, it was a happenstance meeting right before I graduated high school. And so that's where I started things out, started the basic, you know, kind of one-on-one for anybody. Um, and then uh, refereeing kind of split off about six months in when I uh, was going and I build the ring, pay dues, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we all do, right? Uh, yeah. The place that I had, uh, I'd been to had uh, forgot to book a ref. So I had ref gear in my bag and cause I still hadn't kind of found my path yet as mm-hmm. to what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. So you kind of came so, in like with the intent of like, maybe I'll wrestle, maybe I'll figure out whatever I can do, but I just want to be involved. I came in with the intent. Yeah. Just like, I wanted to be in the wrestling the industry. Sure. Just, it was just a matter of where, and you know, we, we had all watch it obviously. And you know, at that time, 2003 you had, you know, TNA, <laughs> you know, uh, we had it just, just in their fledgling years, you know what I mean? The fledgling year or so at that point. Um, and so I just didn't know what path or didn't know how, like, I just know mm-hmm. I wanted to do it. And so, um, promoter forgot to book a ref came to me said, you look like your ref size, you want a ref. And I said, I know enough about it. I mean, I've studied enough tape. I'm kind of a, kind of a tape, you know, I, I, I still watch tape to this day. Sure. Um, Were you and, a tape trader uh, like in the nineties and stuff? No, because where I grew up um, was very, uh, was about an hour outside of Cincinnati in Southeastern okay. Indiana. And it was a little rural. too far from was, people. Yeah. I was probably one of about three wrestling fans or at least yeah, same. Wrestling fans <laughs> at that time. Gotcha. So I, um, um, so yeah, so I uh, didn't tape trade or anything like that. So, but like I'd watched enough, you know what I mean? That I was like, I, I, I could do this and I did it and it felt natural. So mm-hmm. after that, so I Iron Man, my first ever, my first ever show. Nice. Um, and my trainer looked at me and said, I think we found your calling. And I said, I think so too. And then it became segmented. 
that point or really started going into the nuance um, and then did that for a few years until I kind of broke into the uh, Ohio indie scene. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing how organic so many people's careers uh, like came about in professional wrestling. And, you know, it's uh, a credit to Ohio, just how many like um, incredible people in the professional wrestling industry have actually come out of there. So, you know, you're just another one in the bunch. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, if when you look at, you know, I mean, right now, me and myself and uh, Sammy Callahan, mm. you know, Sammy, and, you know, former Impact World Champion challenging for the impact world championship at slam anniversary against kenny omega absolutely um you know on the 17th so ohio has a litany of of talent that has come through through the years um, definitely so i'm proud to be a so proud to be one of those few in the uh you know the 513 and the 859 the 937 all up and down up and down i-75 basically yeah, <laughs> that's all about that. <laughs> um, exactly, exactly. You... well i mean if you look at it, go ahead i'm sorry uh, go ahead finish your point no, I was going to say, if you look at it as well, I mean, obviously now with being with Impact now, I mean, Chris Harris is another one that, that you know, stands out. Um, Abyss, mm-hmm. uh, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, who's who's with us currently in the Good Brothers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, all Cincinnati guys, all three, all three of them. Roger Ruffin in uh, the NWF, which is actually one of my first, expo- well, one of my two first exposures to independent wrestling mm-hmm. um was with was with them and i remember seeing a card uh because where i lived i was right off the ohio indiana border and there the this independent the nwf this independent promotion ran literally 10 minutes from my house and i remember seeing the signs outside that had abyss and carl anderson on mm-hmm. it so it's, it's a massive tie-in obviously being with impact now all these years later and seeing these guys you know the guys that were there in the years before me that were all we all have the ohio roots coming back around years later yeah it's amazing you always hear about those stories you know in uh, professional wrestling things come full circle so often you know oh lord oh man the past almost four years with impact i i that there's no better no way other way that i could say that it feels like the worlds have come around full circle Mm. um you know whether it's people or experiences or whatever the case may be it absolutely feels like it's a world's come full circle event to pat you know for my time at impact absolutely couldn't agree with that statement anymore definitely speaking of growing up in ohio you know like that's a hotbed for all kinds of professional wrestling like were you a, i'm assuming you were like a very in-depth professional wrestling fan like throughout your childhood like when did you first become exposed to it like what was your first introduction were you going to indie shows in- or like no, I was an '80s baby, so a lot mm. of it was, was TV at the time. Whether okay. it was Crockett, um, NWA, WCW, obviously WWE, um, ECW, the TV stuff. I mean, uh, yeah. where I, especially when I when I was living out in, in Indiana, there wasn't a whole lot of exposure. I mean, I think the NWF was about it, sure. and obviously, like MTV did that True Life. I want to be a pro wrestler with Heartland. I do uh, they should be that. back in 2001. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I got exposed to it basically by seeing, I never got to go to an NWF show. My parents wouldn't let me flat out Mm -hmm. full stop. Um, I was actually banned from watching wrestling at my mom's house from October, 1998 until I graduated high school. We have similar upbringings. I was banned from watching wrestling in 2002 until 2011 when I was an adult. (laughs) Yep. She worked, uh, shoot. My mom worked 7 PM to 7 AM. 
Mm-hmm. So that was a perfect window to work because she yeah. was on my price 615 and wrestling started at eight o'clock. Absolutely. So I was always sneaking. And I, I said to my mom, actually, the last time I saw her, uh, actually, we were talking about because she was asking about impact and how things are going, especially mm-hmm. with the pandemic and all that. And I made it a point of saying, as we were talking about, I said, Mom, you know, I watched wrestling all those years when you were working seven to seven, right? She's like, Yeah, I figured as much after a while. <laughs> I was like, Okay, just so we're clear on that. You know, I tried um, to suppress it but it really didn't work (laughs) oh no no lord no um but yeah no um a little bit of independent i mean i didn't understand i didn't really grasp independent wrestling because it just there wasn't much of it there yeah um you had to go into cincinnati proper or into northern Mm -hmm. kentucky or once you got to 01 ovw in louisville uh which impact we have a partnership with now at this time with ovw like but you had there wasn't the availability and especially because internet wasn't obviously what it is now for the world so small for everything to where um you really had to go out and and really seek it so obviously i knew something like that existed because of heartland and because of nwf Mm. and that sort of thing but um i mean i remember i mean i toured heartland uh right before i graduated high school um i thought about going about actually training at heartland Mm -hmm. at that time um but it just didn't happen. I ended up going the way I went, um, you know, but yeah, outside of that, like tape trading wasn't a thing. Um, I mean, it was basically what was on TV. Um, I wasn't a dirt sheets guy. Um, I mean, the magazines obviously were out, but they're not really the dirt sheet count, like dirt, sure. dirt sheets. Um, and then um, I like, I had a friend, one of my other, like the other two out of wrestling fans would go watch pay-per-views. Uh, and then like, you know, impact when the TNA had the weekly pay-per-views, mm-hmm. uh, he'd tape them and give them to me. So, I mean, if you want to call that tape trading, maybe yeah, you know, to an extent, um, sure. a little bit, um, yeah, it was more like me barring them just to try to catch up. So watched a bunch of that until I got into college. And then once I got into college, basically is when I started down that road of, of, um, you know, really kind of going in and then obviously getting diving into the that. world of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, a, so, it's amazing yeah. how much of uh, a bubble independent wrestling really is in. Like I had, same as yourself, I had no exposure to independent wrestling or anything outside of the world of like cable television wrestling. I thought the world of pro wrestling was like WWE, TNA, WCW, ECW, and like New Japan. And I knew that there was something up in Calgary that like the hearts were associated with, but I had no idea what it was. Like that was, that was it. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I guess it's a kudos to the uh, to the the advent of the internet because, and mm-hmm. I say this, I say this in my seminars, um, the world is not as big as we think it is anymore. Yeah. especially because everyone's streaming, mm-hmm. everyone's an on demand or fight, you know, which we at Impact have the relationship with fight when it comes to our pay per views and Impact right. Plus and all that stuff, um, you know. So. I say that, and I and I said that even in probably the furthest place away you could when I did a couple of seminars in Australia a few years ago. Cool. I even said it there, I said the world is not what you think it is anymore. Everything can be seen because mm-hmm. everyone's putting it out into that medium. So yeah, from, from when we were growing up, I mean, I'm in my mid thirties, so you know, I mean, it was still dial up internet. You know, like in the late nineties, you know, when wrestling was hot. You know, so, yeah you know, in that era. So it, which it's is a credit to how generation, which is a credit to how amazing and how like uh, impressive professional wrestling was at the time. Like, obviously it's great now, but like the fact that so many people were seeing it at that time with like terrible internet, like, or no internet in existence, like 
it's uh it's pretty wild how hot and heavy like wrestling was and how ravenous the fans were for it yeah and especially those that were actually going out to tr- that were going to the links you had to to try to seek it out you know so and i mean i knew like i knew new japan existed um i mean i knew obviously calgary i knew about all japan like i wasn't mm-hmm. completely naive to everything sure. obviously the were you know all the big companies mm-hmm. but not anything to the level of the independence and then it was once i got into it and I started branching out. Then it really became like, okay, like, you know, and then, um, yeah. So, well, let's get you into the ring now. Like, obviously we've talked a little bit about how you got your first exposure and your first steps into, you know, refing. you kind of filled a, a, a void that was needed to be filled, but like, when did you actually make the transition? Was it like real quick, immediate, like, oh, I did the ref thing. Now I'm just going to be a ref indefinitely. Or was there more of like kind of trying to figure out what you wanted to do? No, um, after I did that first show, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I mean, I'm not, um, uh, I'm not big. I'm not, I'm not saying uh, the small man. I don't want to say big man syndrome or anything like that, but I kind of knew with my size and my, sure. Uh, my athletic capability to an extent, uh, not like today, where I actually invest in, in lifting and I invest in my body and everything else like that. Um, I just, I knew, just knew this is it. Like it felt natural. It's like, okay, this is what I need to be doing. Yeah. And then it was, and then it was off to the races at that point. Yeah. It felt and a really, really similar experience into- once I first did it. Like it was just like, you know, I could try and go be a professional wrestler, but like I was a theater kid and this comes naturally and naturally to me. So why don't I just do like play to my strengths? You know, why try and go, oh compete with you know like ricochet or something when i can be a good ref i i have a music degree actually so i kind of understand where you're coming from in that aspect absolutely a bachelor's in music and education so um i i kind of understand where you're coming from in that aspect so um and at that point like i would always watch when i when i was watch tape even growing up i would watch the refs i mean you know Hmm. and so but then it became really enhanced in terms of really studying even harder once I realized that this is what I wanted to do. This is where I wanted to go, you know, to really watch. And then, and then I watched everybody, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, everybody that, that was out. And then that included going back into the, going back into the archives and in the old school stuff and watching the Tommy you know, Young's time, and the Joey Morello's. Time. And yeah. 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 And then watching obviously the guys uh, in New York and then watching obviously PNA, you know, we had Rudy um, and Andrew Thomas at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and then obviously Earl came over in the later years, Brian, who is with us now, sure, uh, which is back a again, yeah. full circle thing. Right. Yeah. World's come full circle thing with Brian coming back um, in January. Um, so, yeah. So it was, it's watching everybody because there's little things you can pick up from everybody. And one of the things I normally say is don't try to be a carbon copy of whether it's Earl or Brian, like we, you know, pick little pieces, things that may fit you, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of old school at heart. So, uh, I had the fortune to see probably about the decade ago of, uh, of getting to get some feedback and really sit down with Tommy young and and picked up some old school things from him. Uh, you know, some things that I think that I still use to this day, but I mean, you know, even since Brian's come back to impact in January, I've had the opportunity to learn for the fantastic opportunity to be able to pick his brain because he's, he's been to the top, you know, he's done it all. So to be able to pick up some nuances and some things from him that I incorporate to what I'm doing now. 
So mm-hmm. I just said, you know, I don't try to be a carbon copy of anybody. You pick up the little things that's good and the little nuances and the little techniques are pretty much kind of standard around the board. Things that, you know, as, as we as a third, as the third in the ring can do to help, you know, because I we always say it and I've, this has been told to me by a million people, a ref can help a match, but a ref can destroy a match. Just Yeah, absolutely. Um, you talk a lot about uh, the people that have helped influence your career and you spoke briefly about like seminars that you've done uh, around the world. Like what kind of influence do you feel like you've been able to give back onto the referee community? Have you taken anybody like under your wing? Do you, have you mentored anybody before? Like, uh, let's touch on that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I've done my seminars. I think um, that, um, I want to put this. Yeah. Think about this for a second. Um I think because I don't have a big social media presence, um, mm-hmm. like, you know, this, I don't have Facebook. I haven't had Facebook sure. for almost a decade now. So yeah. through a lot of the, the best times of, of what I've done in my career, I've never had Facebook. I think because I don't have such a large social media reach, um, I think I kind of get swept under the rug a little bit. Personally, and I'm I, not trying to knock myself. I'm just saying what it is. I don't do a whole lot of seminars mm-hmm. comparative to you know, some of my contemporaries basically. Sure. Um, but um, Jake Clements um, was, you know, he had been working out of Cleveland, Jake, um, one of my, one of my dear friends, but uh, definitely, you know, tried to see him through and, yeah. you know, he came, uh, he came to evolve. I got him there. And then obviously he went up North from there, um, you know, and all that. So uh, him a lot. I mean, I, I, I you know, I try to uh, like, you know, I just did a couple of indie dates for, uh, uh, Lariato Pro for mm-hmm. uh, Doc Allis uh, last week. And he had a ref that's 19 that has been doing it maybe two years. Okay. And so I took the opportunity to really work with, with this kid. With this kid. Um, and it was probably one of the first times that I had worked with a ref that is that new, basically, yeah. and that, that green. And to be able to share like life lessons of what I've learned that I wish somebody, I knew it now. Help mold somebody right from the beginning. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because a lot of what I've done over the years is basically as people are trying to get opportunities in places. Right. So it's a lot of given detailed feedback, maybe more geared towards a television setting, you know, instead of actually trying to be in that those substantive formative years sure um so just this is how you be a tv ref rather than just this is how you exist in pro wrestling and this is how you ref yeah exactly you know um you know things like get your passport Mm -hmm. you know i can't tell you how many people don't have their passports and i i don't understand it it drives me crazy Um, every time i hear somebody say like oh i'm gonna go get my passport finally i'm like you've been in wrestling for six years why don't you have your passport yet like what are you doing i got my I got my passport to go for college because I had the mm-hmm. opportunity to go and sing over in South Korea. And um, I think, I believe if I did, if I didn't get my passport when I did, I may not be doing what I'm doing right now uh, sure. with impact. I, um, because the first thing I got is I got a phone call about a week after I got my passport. Um, and I got a phone call saying, Hey, did you get your passport yet? Um, I won't mention the name of the person did. It's not mm-hmm. relevant. They said, yes, I did. They said, okay, Scott DeMore uh, from Border City Wrestling is needing a ref. I'm giving him your number. Um, you know, he should be hearing from him relatively soon. A couple yeah. hours later, I did. The following or week or two later, I took my first date outside of the United States uh, in Tecumseh, Ontario, Canada for Border City. 
Um, and that kind of started my path with Border City, which I, I think, you know, really rolls into obviously I've had the relationship with uh, Scott now my boss uh, at Impact. Right. Um, I think I believe things happen in life for a reason. So I kind of if I wouldn't have got my passport, then who knows at that point? Yeah, you know, I definitely you never know. I, I don't know if I believe in fate, but I definitely believe that like life gives you opportunities and it's up to you to decide whether or not you're going to follow them. You know, like life gives you a path and it's up yeah. to you to walk down it if you are willing to do so. Yeah. And it may be weird at the time, but things happen for a reason. Like we yeah. talked about worlds come full circle. You know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't agree with that statement more. Uh, it's kind of like uh, me showing up the night that you were like kind of bowing out at Evolve. Like somebody was just like, well, who tipped you off? Who told you that like Brandon was retiring? And I'm just like, nobody. I just came for a seminar. And they're like, no way. Retire. You had to know. Well, not retire, but retire I, from Evolve. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> that was leaving. That yeah. was leaving. Yes. Um, so let's yeah, go and, ahead. Yeah, I, I, I made it a point to keep that very quiet uh you know i didn't want to make a big fanfare about that so i think i know you were there i think you were probably one of maybe a handful of people that knew um that i that i was leaving um because i had signed my uh my contract with impact um you know i had a good run there you know but it was time it was true and i'm i don't regret it in any way shape or form impact is home and i'm i've had so much fun and it's been challenging and i think this is something maybe we need to talk about is the pandemic, you mm -hmm. know, and how that as, as a ref, it's been exponentially. They're just the experiences. I think we could write a book on pandemic wrestling, sure. you know, especially now that we're starting. I'm sure a lot of books are going to be written on it eventually. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. We, I think, well, it's because I think we, we, we wrote the book on it, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, it was probably the first time that we kind of had a forced off season of sorts. Sure. You know, where no independent wrestling or anything like that. Like, I mean, we had impact, we're doing, you know, what we were doing in terms of no fans, you know, I mean, we have fans coming back at Slammiversary um, on the 17th for the first time since Atlanta, which is amazing. The first, the first week of March, 2020. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it feels like a lifetime ago. Seriously. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really, really good to have, uh, to have fans back you know, for the first time in more than 16 months, you know, I'm, oh, I can only imagine, I can only imagine it. It's yeah. It's like, welcome back with open arms. Absolutely. So we're kind of jumping around a little bit. Let's backtrack yep. a little and let's get you from uh, when you're first starting out to refing to when things kind of really yep. kicked off for you. Obviously, you know, you're like full tilt. You want to be involved as much as possible. What's the loop look like that you're doing in like your early twenties? What kind of places are you hitting? Like what kind of cars are you in? What are some of the highlights of things that led up to like the successful years? Cause obviously everybody's got like the road years. Um, I came up, um, I met Sammy and mm. some other people from Ohio, which I would rather not mention just because it's not sure. worth mentioning their names. Um, and that was like 2007 where I mm. kind of was in Cincinnati and then met a promoter that ended up going into Dayton, Ohio. From there, it kind of broke out Indiana, Pennsylvania. Like the, it started, obviously, like I just said with, um, up into border city and everything once Scott yeah with the border city um ended up uh um started to do some stuff uh with ring of honor um mm -hmm. very you know in in kind of the third spot which you know we'll leave that alone but that's where it kind of started breaking out and then uh what so that was so that was 0809 08 
I mean, yeah, 08, 10. I mean, 09 was like, uh, was um, Marquez. Mm-hmm. Um, My boss. Bob <laughs> uh, with doing that. Um, and that was like Charlotte, California at the mm-hmm. time. That was into more 2010, 2011. Um, I mean, I think the most infamous road loop as a whole, and I did this one, and, and this is the big thing is uh, there was a time where I just kind of had to choose. I had to go my own path, basically. Yeah. Like I had to break away from those that I had come up with or I was in the cars with for a couple of years. Just opportunities had come to me that I needed to take, and I knew that to do this, I would kind of have to go on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and because so I'm very used to just being by myself in a car. Yeah, um, to absolutely. Be honest with you. Um, so I had to kind of go my own path. Um, and so I remember one time it was, I drove Cincinnati to Manassas, Virginia, Manassas, Virginia to New York city, mm-hmm. New York city to Detroit, Detroit to Windsor, mm-hmm. Windsor to Dayton, Ohio, Dayton to Charleston, West Virginia, and then Charleston back to Cincinnati all in, what was that? Like six days, six, seven days. That is an insane so, loop that's yeah, yeah. It, kudos yeah, it was, <laughs> I, and but it was i was sleeping in my car like yeah. you know at the rest areas like i still I, even though it was just me myself and i mm-hmm. i mean i had a nice car at the time sure. you know so maybe it was, it was me, comfortable but it's I. still you driving between you know like literally the entire eastern seaboard and like the northern midwest and canada over a six-day period <laughs> yeah yeah, it was a lot of overnight driving and mm-hmm. catch your sleep where you can and that sort of thing. So that that's probably the craziest road loop that I've done. So, but it was all kind of like, it was probably, I would say probably 08 is when things really started kind of kicking off. I do want to kind of um, touch on what I think was a really important lesson that you like uh, just kind of mentioned here a minute ago, where like you focused on there will be a time in your career and this is for refs and for wrestlers, but eventually we're like, you have to break away from the pack. And I remember very specifically like having that same realization at one point, like I was still jumping in cars with my buddies and, you know, going and doing the loop that I was doing all the time. And I remember very distinctly, like everybody was late, like really late. And I realized how like seriously I needed to take everything. And that if I was going to keep relying on other people to be as punctual as I was that like, it was going to hold me back. So like, eventually you just got to go out and do your own thing. You're on time. If you're five minutes early, you're late. If you're on time. And I can say that that is something that I still live on. Even to this day, Mm. I am never, if I have a call time, I'm there because, and especially, you know, it's just, it's, that's part of being professional. And I, I, even to this day, I, I subscribe to that rule. I hate being late and if i'm late someone knows about it and there is a a real good reason Mm -hmm. as to why i'm late you know i feel like that knows about it i feel like that in addition to like obviously your quality in the ring and everything those are real like uh building blocks as to the career that you've built because like you touched on it earlier like you don't have a facebook you're not that interactive in social media but like look at the career that you've built over the last uh you know the last 18 years like You've been in some of the like top name promotions like all over the world for a decade, more, 18 years. Like, yeah. Yeah. You don't necessarily need social media to like make something out of this. No, I, I have my Twitter. 
that mm -hmm. I, that I am active on. I have my Instagram, which I try, but I don't have a Facebook. So I lose a lot of the functionality. I have an email. I have, well, I have a, I have a business email, a personal mm -hmm. email and a cell phone. Yeah. Like if you cannot get a hold of me, one of those ways, it's like, your fault. <laughs> Facebook is not, yeah. Facebook is not an end all, you know, yeah. it, I, I think it's kind of become in some respects, a lazy way. Sure. Uh, you know, I think because people have come become complacent with it, but that just, you know, I made the decision to get rid of Facebook. Um, it was a personal decision and I, I don't regret it to this day. I have absolutely no need for it. And I probably will go down and is one of the few <laughs> that, that will, that, you know, that, that I, I don't know many people. I think probably the only other person I don't, that I know that doesn't have a Facebook was Timothy Thatcher. Sure. And he had a flip phone until yeah. about probably two and a half years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> Timmy's is, notoriously like, opposed to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he had to because of where he was traveling and the schedule he was keeping at that time. Because him sure. and I were working together in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. And he like, that even impressed me. So to, you know, but it's, it's absolutely like, you know, that you don't, you don't need it, you know, you like, and that, but that comes to the grind and that comes to the hustle of, okay, you don't have this, I don't want to say luxury, but you don't have this resource. So then how do you do it without it? Mm -hmm. You know? And what would you say, like, are the ways that you went about doing that? Like, you don't have to share all your secrets or anything like that, but like, what would you no, say is like the real, like, like the the thing that really helped drive you into the like scenario that you are now like was it just hustle was it like reaching out in emails was it reaching out to promoters was it word of mouth like what do you feel was like the biggest thing for you i think it was probably a, a combination hmm. um i i think obviously there's the hustle is real obviously to do that big loop that i did that was sure. hustle you know, um, because no one's gonna, no one's gonna make your business for you because we are all at the end of the day, we're all 1099s, you know, we are all self-employed, you know, I'm Sandals Enterprises, LLC, you're Odie Brown, LLC, like, you know what I mean? We're all our own business yeah. and nobody is going to hand you success. Yeah. You know, nobody handed me. I mean, I made the most of every opportunity that's been given to me. And if it wasn't for making the most of them, I wouldn't be what I'm doing right now with impact. Definitely. Example. Nobody's going to um, hand it to you. You got to go chase for it. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And you're going to have to work and you're going to have to grind. You're going to have sleepless nights. You're mm -hmm. going to miss holidays, birthdays, mm -hmm. the whole nine. It's, it applies even to reps. Um, I, I think it was a little, it's a lot of hustle um, and a little resourcefulness. You know, if you're, you know, I mean, there were times where I was Googling independent promotions in certain states and just trying to find that what was out there because I knew without Facebook, that was a resource I was intentionally you know, taking away from myself because I didn't sure. want it. But with the internet, like we talked about earlier, the world is small, you know? And then once things started rolling, you know, and the ball started going, then it became, okay. You know, obviously with Twitter, there's out there, you know, and then it became okay trying, but it's still, even to this day, still hustling myself because I'm, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm one of the few that is on television that can work the independence. Yeah. So definitely. I can still work the independent. So the hustle's still there. You know, it, it's a lot different of a hustle because of television, um, you know, because I'm, I don't want to say I'm not looking for an opportunity, but it's, you know, business gets different, you know, business becomes different when, when you know, especially when you make it to that level. Um, but yeah, so it, it was finding, it was finding emails and, you know, I always had, I had, I had a promo stand-up photo, mm -hmm. I had a video reel, you know, YouTube links be able to 
you know, short five minute, you know, something that, you know, I know someone would look at and the hustle is out there. So it's just trying to use those resources that we, that we have, you know, um, to that point, maybe a little bit of word of mouth. Um, but you know, it was, it was a little bit of everything, some more so than others, but you know, you just have to make the best. And if you're, you want it, I mean, if you want it, you'll find a way to do it. I mean, when I was starting out, I mean, I, I was going to college in my bachelor's degree, taking 16 credit hours, 12 is normal. 16 is considered a heavy class load. Um, Have fun trying to get sleep. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And was working 40 hours a week and was doing independent bookings at the same time. Like I found a way to make it all work. So basically somehow you survived. We aren't, we aren't really sure how, but somehow you survived (laughs) and thrived, obviously. Yeah. Uh, no personal life, basically. Yeah, like, sure. You know, I mean, if it was, if, if I wasn't working or in class, I was trying to get on the road. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I can count the number of friends that I have that are not related to wrestling on one hand. Um, you know, um, so you know, that's just you know what you're getting into, you know, and that's just the nature of it. Wouldn't have changed. Wouldn't change anything for it. That would not have changed, would not change a single thing. It's always funny when uh, those like quote unquote real life friends kind of like patch back into your like life again for a few minutes. And they're just like, oh, you still doing that wrestling thing? And they like have some kind of preconceived notion of like what it is that you're doing with your life. And they just have no clue. (laughs) I'm fortunate enough, the friends that I keep, they're not actual wrestling fans. Mm -hmm. Um, They actually, they have told me that uh, they do watch Impact. (laughs) Um, Nice. One of them actually said they went out to a, uh, to a restaurant one night with their significant other and impact actually happened to be on the TV. So mm-hmm. I've gotten those messages. Before. Hey, um, I see you on my TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. So my friends, the few that I'm close with understand it because they've known me since college, mm-hmm. like when I might like my freshman year. So they've seen me go through the grind and they see, they saw the sacrifices of just never being around. And then, you know, those are the people that stood up with me when I got married, you know, yeah, so those absolutely. few people. So the, you know, you know, my, my, my mother may not understand it to this day. Um, and she's, I think only seen one show I've ever done period. And I think yeah. maybe a couple episodes of impact just by choice, um, you know, but uh, yeah. So the, those, there's those people outside that may not understand it, but you know, can respect the work ethic, you know, because that parallels even outside of, you know, just in life in general. Definitely. Yeah. I, uh, I got my mom to come to one show once upon a time and she sat through one match that I didn't ref and then was like, I, I can't handle all the violence and all the yelling. I gotta go. <laughs> I'm like you came my, to a uh, wrestling show. What'd you expect? <laughs> my, my mother's a nurse mm-hmm. of 30 years plus now. So, so all she sees and, is what they're doing to their bodies. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm also, I'm also her million dollar baby. Mm-hmm. Um, actually most people don't know this, so I'll throw it out here. I, um, I'm half of an identical twin set. I have oh, an identical okay. twin brother, um, who is, has nothing to do with the wrestling industry. So he's we got actually, no head nurse. He's on television. <laughs> uh, we tried, we tried back, uh, with actually it was with, with, with Marquez actually true. We mm-hmm. tried cause my brother and I were in Cal- Southern California at the same time sure. so back when we were shooting down, um, in Hollywood proper. Mm-hmm. in that that theater that we had to unbolt all the seats out of um and uh we tried because he was in town for a convention and we tried getting him to come in to do it and he just wouldn't bite just wasn't about so it he's, 
Yeah, no, he's so he's actually a meteor, uh, a chief meteorologist. <laughs> oh, very uh, cool. so he's on television. We're both on television, but um, I can switch between um, them. <laughs> so, yeah, so no, but my I'm a million dollar baby because um, me and my brother were six weeks premature at birth, and shoot, our hospital bill was a million dollars each. Um, that's it before insurance that's staggering so, um, so yeah that's, that's awful still calls that still calls me that to this day so a million dollar baby so watching her watching uh her her oldest son um take a bump it's not something that she was really inclined to stick around for was she like really protective of the two of you like growing up were you guys involved in like sports yeah. or anything like that or i mean i nope. know you said you were a music nope. uh major no actually we weren't we weren't physically cleared to do sports mm-hmm. now it's kind of half the battle like i tried i tried wrestling in mm-hmm. like eighth grade but i i was so like weight wise i wasn't where i should have been um and it just it just didn't work physically from a physical standpoint like you know i it's only been until adulthood um, in the past decade or so that I've really, um, you've know, taken your fitness 21. to like a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. Since about 2009, um, I was in a real bad auto accident in mm-hmm. 2009, um, and then was still doing refing on top of it. And, uh, just, uh, uh, yeah. And so, you know, I mean, even through the pandemic, I built a home gym. I haven't, I don't go to gyms. I'll probably, I hopefully will never go to a gym again. Actually, uh, I posted it on social media yesterday. Happy early birthday present to me. I bought a squat rack nice. <laughs> um, for my, for my home gym. So I've got a squat rack. I've got bench. I've got, I've got adjustable dumbbells. I have barbell. I got a rower, got an elliptical. Like I I've got a full run in my basement, uh, in my home gym. And so I hope to never have to step into a gym when I'm at home ever again at the rate I'm going. Um, so trying to add to it. Um, but you know, but fitness, I mean, that's another thing with for refs today. I mean, look at us at impact, mm-hmm. look at anywhere else. Mm-hmm. The days of the 80s, look style at Joseph Mandak, like, gone. oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, are gone. Yeah, Manta, I remember before he started lifting, right? Um, those days are gone, long gone, you know. Um, this is an athletic business, mm-hmm. you know. So we have to be on par as well. So I was, I saw it coming a little bit. And obviously I, my, I physically, I just needed to do it. Um, and I dove in ever since. So, and honestly, I, I'm, I'll be 36, um, coming up here on the 21st, July 21st. I feel better at 36 than I do it. And I did it 26th. Yeah. I've been uh, kicking something up. I wish I'd have known. I've been kicking yeah, up fitness a lot I, myself lately. And like, same thing, like in high school, like I could barely get through a mile. And like, now that I'm involved in pro wrestling and that I'm like really working for something, like I feel a lot better than I did at those days. Like, um, and I hear you about like gyms, like uh, I've been really spoiled throughout the pandemic. Like I'm dating somebody that's a fitness instructor and she just has like a whole gym in her shed. And I just am obscenely spoiled. Like the home gyms are where it's I'm, at hundred percent. I'm two hours a day, basically. I do an hour a week weight work i do an hour on the elliptical every mm-hmm. day and then i take my dog for i have a pup i have a puppy i have a two-year-old pitbull um and sweetest girl in the world abby road and uh it's a great I name for a dog <laughs> i take yeah I, I, as a musician i, I get it yeah <laughs> so uh we um uh and i take her for at least a 30 one 30 minute walk a day mm-hmm. so i'm i'm very very active in terms of trying to you know um you know, keep myself going. Cause my, you know, I try to keep my diet the best I can, not always the best. Uh, so I have to do extra to compensate for sure. it. Um, but yeah, so this is, a, it, this is an athletic business now. 
uh, and you, you know, you, you have to meet the level because, you know, I mean, we, you know, we never know. You may have to go an hour. Like yeah. we had, uh, we had Josh Alexander, um, and TJP go for an hour. What um, an incredible match. Impact on access. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Match. Impact for putting the full matchup on YouTube, by the way. Like if you guys haven't seen that yet, like pause the video, yeah. go watch the match. Like it's incredible. Like it, uh, I'm dying I, for an Iron Man match personally. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tweeted it out during the, during the Iron Man match or and then afterwards, like the two, um, for refs go watch Brian Hebner. Mm-hmm. That was a masterclass. Yeah. Uh, on 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 being a referee for that match from so many levels whether it's nuanced or on, just so much to learn in in 65 minutes whatever so um i've done an iron man i actually have done more than 60 mm-hmm. um i did at least to what i found my knowledge the longest uh women's match hmm. in history um and that was um with shimmer Okay. Uh, and that was Tessa Blanchard and uh, Mercedes Martinez. We went 75 minutes. That's incredible. So I've, I've, or not Shimmer, I think it might have been Rise instead of Shimmer. Sure. Um, like the proper credit. But uh, yeah, so I've done 75 and I, I knew about two months ahead of time that that was coming. So I, mm-hmm. I had to change the way I train. And that was one where I brought a cooler with me in the locker room. And uh, for the two of them and myself, mixed bottles of half water, half Pedialyte. Yeah. Stay hydrated. Like you have to train real differently for that type of match. Um, that's not something you can through, but you have to be able to be ready to be able to put yourself in that position, whether it's to train for that type of match. Like, you know, you can't just be sedentary and then say, Hey, I'm going to go do 60 minutes. Yeah, you definitely know? not. Cause that is an animal. That is an animal. And so kudos to those guys that hands down, that's probably one of the best matches I, I know it's probably the best match I've seen this year. It might be one of the top sure. five matches. Of, I, I mean, I think that's probably going to go down as like one of the best impact matches in like history. Maybe not like, you know, top 10, like best match of all time or anything, but like it's in the conversation for top hundred, top 50, something like that. I'm sure. I've worked with both Josh and TJ. I've known him for many years and I've worked with them in, in other places. And I, I can say that, you know, Josh, what Josh is doing right now is X division champion is akin to what I would like to say of like AJ Styles, yeah, effective division champion. He Putting the title on the, the division, yeah. He's, 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 he's taken the division on his back to, mm-hmm. to and just to help elevate that division as champion, especially given the fact that our world champion, um, is you know not on TV with us every week, obviously. Sure given the situation we're in right now with, with Kenny and his commitments, obviously as dual champions uh, with AEW and impact. Um, so he is just kind of taking it as an undertaking to himself and it's next level. Mm-hmm. It's next level. I, I'll be honest with you. I can't wait to see you uh, when we go to slam anniversary on the 17th. Um, it's ultimate X for the first time in I'm so two excited. Years, yeah. <laughs> two years, ultimate X, Josh Rohit, Ace Austin, PD, Chris Bay and Trey Miguel. And I've, uh, I've officiated a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, this one, I got a real special feeling about. Yeah, it feels special. Uh, as it to feels... how this one can go. And balance, I think yeah. this one, I think this one's going to be, this one could very well be the best the Ultimate X match that I've mm-hmm. had the privilege of seeing in person um, at Slammiversary. So yeah, it's just amazing. So from a ref standpoint, but, you know, kind of bearing back the ref standpoint, just it's an athletic business now. 
you mm-hmm. have to like, you know, if you, if you don't know how to work out, you know, invest in a personal trainer, you know, I'm looking personally because I said earlier, my diet is kind of garbage. Mm-hmm. And I also have some food restrictions because of allergies and things like that. I'm trying to find uh, a dietitian to actually figure out how to write me a plan to try to kind of get me to where I want to be with my goals. Um, I mean, considering know, so the taking... industry that we're involved in, I'm sure we can find you somebody like, I, oh, I, I, I think so. Yeah. I think, so. Um, <laughs> I think somebody yeah, in pro so, wrestling knows the dietitian. <laughs> you know, and, and I'll say this just to, you know, most people don't know this, but I mean, if you go back and look at pictures of me in October of last year mm-hmm. compared to now, I dropped between, um, between November, between the week before Thanksgiving and early February, I dropped about 35 pounds. It's amazing. Um, you know, and it was all on diet and cardio. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I stripped a lot of things out of my diet. Just, I needed to, I was just, I, I mean, I, I noticed it. I know others noticed it, but I was looking a little heavy in the midsection. Sure. Um, and so it was time to go, it was time to drop it. So I, that meant no, that meant, uh, I brought my own meals, like my mm-hmm. own pre-made meals to Thanksgiving and Christmas. What you gotta do. Yeah. And there, there were no sweets. There were no anything. There was nothing at new year's. It was what I needed to do to, to get ready for January and hard to kill. And then afterwards, um, you know, I didn't look at the scale for January. I knew things fit better. Sure. Uh, I was feeling a lot better. I looked, I could see it in the mirror. It was, I just, I just happenstance in February, happened to look on the scale and see where I'd come from. So even now at this level, it's still like, you know, you're, you're, you're working with the best and you know, you're in that, you know, that 1% of referees that are on television like there's that's just an expectation it adds yeah. to you it's up to you to look like you belong in there with the rest of the people that you're it's your professionalism by. how you handle the opportunity and it's mm-hmm. not just in the ring it's when you're out of the ring it's when you're doing even doing something like this you know doing a podcast how you're handling yourself um you know how you handle yourself on the road how you handle yourself at independent bookings like there's just a expectation that comes from there um, that, you know, and, and a lot of, a lot of refs don't think about that. Um, you know, and especially in the state and age of social media, like just, you know, how it, you know, it, it's way more in, encompassing than just what you do bell to bell. Granted, that's a good, big part of it. Sure. Um, but it is so more invasive. I mean, we could spend probably, you and I could probably, we could probably talk for two or three hours about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my seminars I've done normally I go about three hours mm-hmm. and I still feel I'm missing things to cover. Um, so yeah, it's way more than I think for any for any refs coming up that you know it's very much all encompassing. Yeah, I think it's really easy for uh, the the younger guys to like lose sight of the fact that like there are opportunities out there that like can come very quickly that like will be taking a look at like everything that you've done. And either it's going to be good or it's going to be bad. You know, it's easy for guys to be doing like for myself personally, like my first year, I never really thought that I was going to get out of the Bay area. I thought that I was just going to be doing like local drive-in shows for like five years. And then eventually I would just, you know, either keep going or not. And then uh, opportunities afford themselves doors open. You bust your butt and work really hard and do long drives. Like we've been talking about and yeah, either it works out or it doesn't. Um, yeah. And you know, and, and how you handle yourself, cause you never know who's talking to mm-hmm. who, you know, you know, um, 
you know, as they like to say from Letter Kenny, bad gas travels fast in a small in a small town. Yeah. So uh, as you say in Letter Kenny, so um, and in, it's the same principle, you know, even in this business, you know, it, you because you never know who's around, you never know what they might do or who they know, or you would be surprised, you know. And I can say that because. I've from doing seminars, whether it's in companies prior to Evolve or as we've seen as, you know, uh, you know, you're even obviously now being on TV, you know, you get the messages of, hey, you know, what do I need to do to do this, you know, or what do I need to do to get an opportunity to try to be at impact or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be like that. You know, obviously, um, I don't have that say. And I think it's because I don't have a big social media presence. They don't get that a whole lot, but I do to some respects. Sure. Um, you know, uh, be, um, so, but you never know what those refs like, who, what you hear or what you see, or, you know what I mean? And we're all still learning, even, even to this day, you know, even to this day, I'm still learning. I'm still learning things that I didn't think I, that were things to learn, you know, <laughs> that I'm still learning to this day. Um, and I'm going to learn more about our craft all the way until the day I decide I'm done with it and retire. You know, and whatever I do after that, I'm still going to learn about it after that. So it's, but you just, you never know. You never know. You never know who you're going to run into. You never know who's going to know about you or who you've done or what you've done. You know what I mean? And, and you know, this, you know, because, you know, we've been together in certain places over the years Mm -hmm. um, that that pool, especially for reps, that pool gets smaller. Yeah. The higher you go. Yeah, absolutely. When you really think about it, like the contracted or even just like television referees that are all over the world, there's what, 20, 30, maybe 40? You want to be for five, probably eight, nine. So I mean, between, you know, WWE, NXT, Impact, yeah, uh, ROH, uh, New Japan, like it, it's a very, very small pool. <laughs> it's probably 35 to 40. Yeah. is probably the number that's 35 to 40 out of how many you know thousands i mean how many members do we have in zebra yeah. it's up to like almost 1100 now and like that many people shooting for that many spots like you got to make sure that all of your t's are crossed and your eyes are dotted <laughs> absolutely yeah. what do you feel like yeah. is the most I mean, uh influential piece of advice that you've gotten along the way what would you like people to walk away from this knowing Kevin Nash told me this in 2008 when I was working with him in in, for border city. And uh, we worked for another little independent promotion. The next day I had the chance to sit down and actually ask for feedback from him. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we talked, he talked about some of the mistakes I made Mm -hmm. and uh, the, the line he told me at the end of it, I've never forgotten. And that was, and he, he, he complimented me on my work and all that. He's like, uh, he's like the little things. He's like, the little things as a ref can turn you from a good ref into a great ref mm-hmm. and a great ref that will have lasting power or staying power within the industry. It, because, because what we do is nuanced mm-hmm. more so than I think a lot of people know, know and or realize. Absolutely. Um, and that's, I think that was really kind of a jumping off point where I really started really getting into the nuance, into the real granular thing 
things kind of yeah, started I mean, to click on another level. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's all the way down to whether it's body language or demonstratives, as I like to say, or I mean, granular stuff, mm-hmm. but that granular stuff can mean a lot in the grand scheme of things. Sure. So I think that that's honestly, I think that's, that's probably one of my bigger takeaways. Thank you very much for that. We are kind of winding things down. And uh, as some of you may know, I do like to offer my guests an opportunity at the end of every episode. If there are any folks that you've really enjoyed your time with on the, uh, on the professional, uh, in the professional wrestling world, if there's anybody that you feel like the audience should really give uh, another look at or somebody that you just want to celebrate, uh, let's go ahead and talk about that. Oh, I, obviously we talked about Josh Alexander. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think that as the landscape has changed with wrestling in the past 12 months, I think there's the people that I just, I, I really, really am just real high on and I'm, I'm throwing out there, um, love him or hate him. Uh, w Morrissey mm-hmm. came in from came into impact here recently. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's going to make it, he's going to make, uh, a real impression. I think he already has, but I mean, just uh, look out, you know, I mean, the opportunity he has, um, Chris Bay. I remember yeah. Chris Bay before he came to impact Chris Bay. Um, I don't really talk about this uh, a lot. Chris Bay is one of my best friends in wrestling. Like Chris, Chris Bay, Bay. I, I love um, that guy so much. Chris Bay. Uh, and then I- I'm calling it now. And I know he's not thinking about this because he's the X division champion, but I can absolutely see Josh Alexander as a world champion. Oh yeah. I could see him as impact world champion on the right opportunity. Um, I, I absolutely 110% believe that with every fiber of my being, I I've known that for years with him because mm-hmm. I, I, we were, I worked with him long before impact. Um, I, I absolutely think that Josh Alexander will be a world champion. Talk about how well he's done for himself, you know, post North, like uh, sometimes tag teams break up and, or not break up, but you know what I'm saying? And you never really know yeah. what's going to happen to either person. And like, man, Josh has really just like hit his stride and like torn it up in the singles. It's been amazing to see what he's doing. I, I don't want to sound arrogant when I say this, mm-hmm. I knew he was capable of this. Sure. Like, cause I've seen, like you can see it. And especially with him coming back after the neck injury that, mm-hmm you know, kind of forced him to quasi retire. Um, and then he came back, like you just, you could, it, it clicked and you could just see given the right opportunity and get in the right place. Like, you know, the fact that he couldn't work in the United States for a while, you know, um, just was, was criminal in my opinion. And he came to impact and I, for one was just overjoyed. I just, I knew he had what it took and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, and I, I just I cannot toot the horn for him hard enough. Sure, like he will be world champion one day. Mark my word. I can Mark absolutely it see it. Hundred percent. July 2021. It's going to happen. Um, I mean, if you look at our roster, I mean, we have, you know, obviously we got guys like Eddie, and who's who. Eddie's our heart and soul. You know what I mean? But we have a lot of young talent coming up the pike. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? On our company, um, on our roster. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, to watch him develop, like we said, Chris, you know, with him coming from the West coast and obviously Josh, obviously Josh has been around a long time. Um, but yeah, I think those are probably the top two that kind of toot off my head at that point. Um, I'll throw one more out there just real quick. Moose. 
just the difference in Moose. And I've known him prior to coming to Impact. Sure. Um, and the, the transition that man has made in the past 14 months mm-hmm. is just insane. And I think back in January, hard to kill when he uh, ended up in the uh, the main event tag match um, against Good Brothers and, and Kenny Omega. I think that was that was that, that was just the point where it was show off time. Yeah, and I absolutely. think it's been off to the races with him ever since. Uh, it once you know, so uh, same on him. Like I mean, I know he's been around a while, obviously, but it, it's you know you have those moments where just it's it's that next level moment. So we can throw him in that category as well. So Definitely. there's three or four off the top of my head. Some really, really incredible names to follow. And that was such a wonderful uh, uh, introduction into you and your life. And thank you very much for being here and like you know, letting us get to know you a little bit and hear a little bit about your story and how things have come from, like you said, uh, your 18th birthday till now. It's been quite a run. Thank you so much for being here, Brandon. You're welcome. I'm going to celebrate my birthday slam anniversary uh, Saturday night, July 17th on pay-per-view fight TV. Uh, if you're not making plans, please join us. First time we got fans in more than 16 months. Uh, also, I'm throwing this out here as well, just because I miss fans that much. We're going to throw it in uh, saying as well. Um, we have shows on Sunday and Monday, the two days after Slammiversary mm-hmm. in Nashville. Stick around, folks. All out of Slammiversary. Yes, stick around. They're being taped to air for Access TV. Tickets available at impactwrestling.com. And then Access TV every Thursday night, 8 East, 7 Central. Um, you know, if you have the internet, you have, you have the ability to watch impact. So whether it's through access or Twitch, you know, um, I'm going to toot that horn too, because, uh, you know, don't, you know, stop sleeping on us like this, you know, we, it's, it's going to be fantastic. You know, I'm kind of stumbling on my words, but it, it, I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm excited to have fans back. I'm excited for anniversary coming up. I'm excited to be a part of impact. Once again, we talked about worlds full circle, mm-hmm. um, just the way my kind of my trajectory went in the early years and things like that. It all feels like world circle. So, but um, thank you for having me on Odie. I appreciate you, man. Thank you again for being here. See you folks.